You are now listening to the Random Rambles of Jay. Number 20. You are currently listening to the Random Rambles of Jay for the week beginning December 14th, 2009. Random Rambles of Jay, where I sit and chit-chat about all the different little random pieces of shit that I just feel like sharing with you. And in case you didn't already guess, I am your host, Jay, on the microfezzle. <laughs> and it's nice to be on the microphone. I, I'm still trying to get my head around the fact that it's almost Christmas. Can you believe that we are at the tail end of 2009 already. I can remember sitting here saying this very same thing on my last podcast for 2008. It's crazy, really, really crazy. Time just seems to be flying by at such a rate. It's insane, absolutely insane. I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm, (laughs) I'm having one of those blank mind moments where I'm just thinking, where the hell did 2009 go? It's it's just a blur, a very boring blur, might I add, because I don't know about any of you out there, but 2009 has been a very uneventful year for me. Re- just not memorable at all, just 365 days of bleh. I'm trying to look at 2009 as a bit of a lesson learned and trying to put things in place to ensure that 2010 is a much more productive year for me but I'll talk more about that at the end of my podcast but now I'm going to jump right into the segment where I talk in great depth not that much depth but enough depth about what has been going on in my life in the segment that is appropriately titled In My Life. I'm not entirely sure why I am so excited to tell you what I'm about to tell you. (laughs) Says a lot about my mental state. But a few weeks ago... (laughs) I ran somebody over in my car. Now, oh, God. Sorry, I'm just having a freaking out moment. There's a ladybird flying around my head. I was thinking to myself earlier, what is that noise? I could hear some ding, ding, ding. It's a bloody ladybird flying around. Anyway, 
God, now my luck is going to fly right into my eye. But yeah, I ran somebody over a few weeks ago and there's not much more to say. Well, there is much more to say than that. You know me, I'm going to pad this out for another 10 minutes. But basically, I'll tell you exactly what happened. I was driving on my way home. It was quite late. Well, it wasn't that late. It must have been around 7 o'clock. And in the UK, we are in full winter swing. So it gets really, really dark really early. From 3 o'clock, it's night time. So you can imagine how pitch black and dark it is outside at 7. So I'm driving along. Oh, God, the ladybird's on my keyboard. I can't concentrate while this thing's crawling around. How did that even land on my laptop? Jesus, I'll have to keep an eye on it. Anyway, so I was driving on my way home and I was on this road. And it's quite a wide road because you've got bus lanes on either side of the road and then you've got two lanes of traffic in the centre of the road. And the two lanes of traffic do not go in the same direction. Obviously, one lane is for traffic going one way, the other lane's for traffic going in the other way. So I'm driving along with my headlights on, obviously, it's 7 o'clock, it's late at night. And all of a sudden, I've just seen this person in the road. I was like, oh, he he came out of nowhere. And this road I was driving along is pretty badly lit, considering it's such a big road, is very badly lit. And this guy wasn't, he was stood in the road, but he wasn't stood in my lane in front of my car. He was kind of stood in between the small gap you've got in between the two lanes. Like, so I'm assuming he was waiting to cross. And I didn't stop. I thought to myself, I'm not going to emergency brake for this person, especially seeing as the guy wasn't about to make his way across the road. He was just standing there waiting for what I thought was an appropriate time to cross. What does this idiot go and do? He tries to run in front of my car. I literally, I saw him standing in the road. I blinked. He's all over my windscreen. I've heard... (laughs) And I've clipped his legs and he's gone flying off to my left. And I thought, shit. And I've looked back. And then I've driven along for a bit and then I thought, shit, I pulled over and I've looked in my rearview mirror and I can just see this guy rolling across the floor, like across the road. I'm talking a Tekken style roll, like Paul Phoenix just Phoenix smashed him. He just rolled and I was thinking, oh my God, then he's rolled right into the curb and I'm just sitting in the car. Meanwhile, Leona Lewis is blaring out. And I'm just sitting there thinking, oh my God, I've just hit somebody. And I know I should have gotten out of my car straight away to see if he was okay. But I thought, I want to see if he's okay before I get out of the car. A, I thought to myself, I don't want to run over and he milks it and tries to make out he's more injured than he is. And second of all, I thought to myself, it'll be much easier for me to go and say, oh, are you okay? When the guy's walking around. So I'm sitting there watching this guy roll across the road. Lucky for him, there weren't any vehicles coming up behind him or coming up behind me, otherwise they would have ran him straight over in the road. And I've seen him get up and I'm thinking, thank God. And he's got up and he's just kind of brushed his um, legs off and he's got up and he's made his way to the pavement. And then I thought, okay, now I'm actually going to go and ask him if he's all right. And I ran up to him and I'm like, mate, are you all right? Are you okay? He's like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could tell he was pretty shaken up, but also a bit embarrassed. A, because it was a bit of a spectacle. There were a lot of people 
waiting at the bus stop near where I hit him. So he was embarrassed because it was like, oh my God, that happened in front of everyone. And I think he was embarrassed in front of me because he realised he'd made a mistake and he should not have ran out in front of my car. Especially when he'd already... I mean, I'm, I'm the one that's in the car. I can only see as far as my headlights will allow. This guy is standing in the middle of the road. He must have seen me coming a mile off because it's at night. The headlights on my car are really bright. And so he's obviously seen my car coming and he decided to run in front of me when I was millimetres away from him in the road but he said he was fine and he kind of quickly scurried off and so I hopped in my car and drove off and that was that and obviously an experience like that I told my friends I told everyone at work and I now have this reputation as a it's like people trying to talk to me like I'm some kind of liability on the road like I'm an attempted hit and run felon And the thing is with these kind of stories, to wind you up, people will always make out like it's your fault when in fact I'm like, no, 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 you weren't there. It was his fault. He ran out in front of me. Break. One, two, three, peeps nearly hit by me like that poor guy last week all up on my windscreen counting. One, two, three, how could this guy not see how close he was to me with my lights on full beacon? So yeah, that happened. I ran somebody over. (laughs) 
Oh, good. And something else I really feel the need to share. Um, some of you may or may not know. I'm not sure if I've mentioned it in a past podcast. I probably have. I am a... I, well, first off, I love listening to Japanese music. I love J-pop, J-R&B, all the different J's subgenres there are. And I'm a huge Hikaru Utada fan. And she released an English language album, I think it was last year, but she hasn't really been promoting it. There's only been one single release off of it. Very, very much under the radar. Surprisingly, a couple of months ago, she announced she was going to be doing kind of a mini tour of America. And even more surprisingly, she announced that she was going to be doing a one-off gig in London. So immediately I was like, I need to get them tickets. So I found out when they went on sale and that morning I made sure I was up. I was late to work getting these tickets because I thought to myself, I don't want to book these tickets on the computers at work, so I'll do it at home. And I was hours late to work to make sure that I was still home at 9.30 when these tickets went on sale. I managed to buy my ticket at 9.45. I got the confirmation email. Yeah, we've taken payment. Everything, receipt, done deal. I've got my tickets. Brilliant. I'm telling all my friends, changed my status, twittered. I've got tickets to Hikaru Utada. I was over the moon, as you could imagine, because that woman is my future wife right there. And a couple of weeks ago, I think it may have even been the same day I ran this guy over, I get an email we regret to inform you that due to an administrative error, we sold you an unallocated ticket. You won't be able to see Hikaru Utada because there's no replacement tickets we can sell. The gig sold out. Sorry. Bye. I was absolutely livid. I was... I was seen red. I was ready to just attack somebody. I couldn't believe it. I, w- I was sitting there thinking, I can't believe they've done this to me. I had a feeling, I had just this feeling in the back of my mind that the gig was going to sell out quickly. I'm not going to underestimate how many fans Hikaru Utada has in the UK. And for that reason, I woke up, well, I, I woke up at the time I would have anyway to have gone into work, but I made sure that I was home to book those tickets, made myself late to work for these tickets and then they go and do that and I I sent an email back and it was a really horrible email I mean I wouldn't be surprised if they decided not to refund my money because it was I sent them a nasty email I was swearing wishing people dead cussing people's mothers out in this email I was livid I just thought I don't care I just need to get this email out of my system it, I felt like shit I couldn't believe it and what makes it worse is that It's not like Hikaru Utada is a worldwide star who I know is probably going to be touring and doing UK gigs like once a year or a couple of times a year. She's a J-pop star who's never performed in London before. What are the chances of her performing in London again? And that's what pissed me off more. It's because it's like it's not like I can sit and go, oh, she'll be doing another tour next year and she'll be performing in London because she may not ever step foot in London again. So I'm really pissed off about that, really upset. I'm hoping that because the reception for this gig was so good and it sold out so well that at the 11th hour they'll announce another date for London because I would buy that straight away. But no, my luck, 
I'll probably get sold another unallocated ticket and then I'll have to get my money refunded again. So I'm, I, I was almost in tears as I was reading the email, in tears. There I am seeing it in my inbox ticket web. I thought, oh, this is going to be information about when they're going to post me my tickets. <clears throat> Wrong. So that pissed me right off. Right off. So, um, not, not good. My fortune is not good this month, is it? I run somebody over and I book tickets to see one of my favourite artists and then it all goes to shit. Wonderful. I guess the only positive thing out of this, yes, this cloud does have a silver lining, is that A, the guy I hit is still alive, no broken bones that I know of, unless he ended up breaking a rib, and my car's okay. Because I think I actually ran out and checked the damage to my car before I ran to see if the guy was okay. My car, it was fine, no dents. And the only positive thing I can pluck out of this whole Hikaru Utada situation is that I saved myself £25. Although I much would have rather not had that £25 and got to see her. So the Hikaru Utada cloud has no silver lining unless I bump into her in central London on a random day and she decides that she wants some sex. In which case, cloud has a platinum lining iced out. (laughs) But that would never happen, would it? But that doesn't mean one can't dream. These are the random rambles of J. 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 Recently, I went and bought Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Now, I am not an FPS fan in the slightest. Never played a Call of Duty game before, yet for some reason, I ran out and bought Modern Warfare 2. And I had to search high and low for this game. I was going crazy. I mean, I was driving around London till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning in different 24-hour supermarkets, you got Modern Warfare, got Modern Warfare. Next day on the phone at work, I'm on the phone ringing around. I was I was an absolute nutcase trying to find this game. What ended up happening with Modern Warfare 2 was that in the UK, a couple of supermarkets were selling the game for £25. So these stores sold out straight away. Modern Warfare 2 for 25 quid. come on now. That game was never going to be in stock for long. I hesitated because Modern Warfare 2 wasn't a game I wanted badly. I think it was just one of those things where I knew quite a few of my friends were going to get it and the prospect of multiplayer and just having a new game to play that wasn't Resident Evil 5 Mercenaries enticed me. So I thought to myself, okay, I'm, I'm you know what, 25 quid, I'm going to go for it. Went to buy it in Morrison's, didn't have it. Went to Sainsbury's, didn't have it. Went to Asda, they're charging the price I'm not willing to pay Went to Tesco, who I thought was selling it for £25. 
oh no, there's a catch. It's only £25 if you buy a full price game in the top 20 gaming chart. So, of course, I was like, there's nothing in the gaming chart I want. I've already got Tekken 6. No, not paying that money. And so, after days of driving around like a lunatic trying to find this game, I ended up just buying it off of Amazon. And they were selling it, I think, other than the £25 dealio that the supermarkets were going for, Amazon was the next cheapest and I bought it off of Amazon for £32 which isn't bad but it's not £25 is it and the petrol I probably burnt driving around trying to find this game I may as well have bought it for 40 50 odd quid anyway but hey ho it's a good game I can see why lots of gamers go crazy over it i just it's a good game it is a good game and i think that a lot of the positive reviews they are justified unlike say halo 3 where i do struggle to see why people think that game is so amazing outside of multiplayer modern warfare 2 is a good game the single player is really fun the multiplayer is a laugh and there's a lot of customization there within the multiplayer but you know i don't think it's this amazing game you know, anyone would think it was Jesus on a disc. It's just not It's not as amazing a game as perhaps some think it is. But it is a really good game with some really high production values. And like I said, I think the reviews are justified. I would, If I were to review the game... I think I did review the game on my blog. I can't remember what score I gave it, but I did give it a good score. And this is coming from someone who is not an FPS Call of Duty fan. So um yeah, Modern Warfare Two is a good game. I've not I I kind of completed it, did a bit of the multiplayer, and then just didn't bother with the game for a good while because I, I mean I struggled to complete it. I mean there were certain missions I was just getting shot and killed left, right, and centre for hours, and then the multiplayer I'm not brilliant at, and I'm always getting killed. I'm always last in the team. People are telling me I suck over xbox live so i've not been on modern warfare 2 for a bit but it is a good game i will go back to that because there is i do it's one of those games where i want to get good at it which i guess says a lot about the game in general because halo 3 i couldn't care less but modern warfare 2 i really do want to get good at it and get the most out of multiplayer so um modern warfare 2 good game if if you buy it for the reason of it being a good game and you kind of put the hype aside it is a really good game worth owning so um, it's just nice to have a new game that's not a beat-em-up or an RPG, really. I won't go into RPGs because I'll start talking about Final Fantasy Thirteen, and I won't shut up. And um, a game I've been trying to play recently is Mass Effect. I bought the game months ago, ages ago. I bought it in the summer, I think. And there was a time where I was playing the game non-stop, and then I just stopped playing it. Recently, there has been a lot of coverage on Mass Effect 2 and that's kind of really put the fire up my ass. That sounded really disgusting and way too sexual, but it's really put <laughs> it's put a bit of pressure on me to really complete the game because I want the first I want Mass Effect 1 clocked, done and dusted so that when Mass Effect 2 comes out, I can just buy that and get straight into it. I, I don't want to get into that whole habit of you buy one game and you feel you can't really play it until you've completed another game. Do you know, I wouldn't want to play Mass Effect 2 until I've completed the first game. Especially because I think, I'm not sure if it still is a goer, but I'm pretty sure I was reading somewhere that a lot of your, like your the character that you create in Mass Effect 
and some of the abilities and some of the items you acquire, you can carry it over into the second game. So also that's a reason why I think I really do want to complete the first game so I can just jump right into the second. So I've been playing a fair bit of Mass Effect lately and that's a really, really good game. It It's one of those games where it's kind of difficult to describe. It's one of those games you just have to play and experience, but I really am enjoying Mass Effect. I can't say enough positive things about it. The more I'm playing through the first one, the more eager I am to really get stuck in with the second. I'm really, really looking forward to playing the second game. Mass Effect was one of those games where I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was and it really has surprised me. So I'll definitely be clocking some hours into Mass Effect 1 to get that completed in time for when Mass Effect 2 releases. And a demo that I downloaded a few days ago, Bayonetta. Now... (laughs) It's not a secret that I'm not a fan of Devil May Cry. I hate Devil May Cry. And people keep trying to sway me like, oh no, if if it's the second game you don't like, that's fine. But the others are good. No, I hate Devil May Cry 1, Devil May Cry 2, Devil May Cry 3, Devil May Cry 4. I hate them all. Hate every single one of those games. The only good thing I can say about those games is that the graphics are good and Dante is a really cool character design. Other than that, Capcom can shove Devil May Cry under a bus because I really just do not care for that game. But something about Bayonetta stuck out to me. It might have been the fact that she likes to fight doing handstands with her legs open, naked. But something about Bayonetta just really stuck out to me. I thought this game actually looks cool. It looks fun. Whereas Devil May Cry to me was never fun. It was just, it felt the games just always felt like chores to me. But um, the Bayonetta demo was made available for European PlayStation Network marketplaces and also Xbox Live marketplaces. And the demo's done it for me. I actually really like the game. It seems like it's going to be one of those games that is just all about action. It's not trying to be anything it's not. And I really admire that about the game. I mean, the game's being developed by Platinum Games. And ironically... The game is produced by the original creator of Devil May Cry, which you think, I mean, the similarities are glaringly obvious, but there's something much more fun and accessible about Bayonetta than Devil May Cry. Bayonetta's not trying to be this amazingly epic game. It's just a fun action game with a kick-ass heroine and it's just great. I just love the way you can jump straight into it and just pull off these insane attacks. Whereas in Devil May Cry, you kind of had to earn them all. So um, Bayonetta's definitely one to watch out for. I, I think I would actually. I think I actually will buy that game day of release because it it is fun. I mean, I've played the demo so many times, and the reviews for the game have been glowing. So um, I'll definitely be getting that. I already prefer it to Devil May Cry. It's everything Devil May Cry should have been for me personally. I know a lot of people aren't going to feel the same way because I know Devil May Cry has a huge following and there are many people that love that game. God knows why. But um, Bayonetta's a really, really fun game. The graphics are great. The sound's great. The character Bayonetta is just a badass. There's nothing about that game that really stuck out to me. Is There's nothing about the... Here's how I'm going to put it. Playing the demo, there's nothing about the game that makes me waver. The demo just sold that game to me instantly. It was like, yeah, this is a game I'm going to be getting. It's really, really fun. Two games that I'm really looking forward to next year, Mass Effect and Bayonetta. And Final Fantasy Thirteen, which I'm not going to talk about. I'm trying to put some restraint on myself here. 
But, um, I mean, the first Mass Effect should keep me more than occupied until the sequel and Bayonetta comes along. And then I've got Modern Warfare 2. There's so much stuff I need to unlock in that game. So I'm I'm quite good on the game in front, which makes a first. It's nice to have games getting airtime on my Xbox 360 other than Resident Evil 5 because, God, I don't know. I'm not sure what it is about the mercenaries that had me so sprung. It was like a drug. It's crazy. So it's nice that I can put Resident Evil 5 down for a while until Resident Evil 5 Gold comes along with its mercenaries reunion. Oh, But Capcom, of course, want money for that, and that's money Jay's not going to pay. Piss off. If you like what you hear, then be sure to subscribe to the Random Rambles of Jay. You can find a selection of RSS feeds at my podcast blog, which is located at www.therandomramblesofjay.blogspot.com. Alternatively, for those of you who've got iPods, iPod Touches and iPhones, you can also access my podcasts on iTunes. It is available on there. Just be sure to search The Random Rambles of Jay and I will be the first and probably the only podcast which shows up. And to me, that sounds like you've got more than enough ways to have me on the go. And now, a Japan story from the Chronicles of Jay in Japan. Many of my best and most memorable moments in Japan were those where I kind of would wake up one day and not really have an idea what I wanted to do or a plan of where I wanted to go. And the first of these days was when the rest of the guys made plans to go to Kyoto. And a bunch of us, not all of us, but a bunch of us had gone out the night before, been dancing, drinking till God knows what time in the morning. I don't think we actually got home until daylight. (laughs) And so... Me and one of my friends were feeling a little more worse for wear than some of the other guys. We were the last ones up and the last ones to get ready. And all the other guys were up, dressed, washed, good to go. And they were going to wait for us. And I said, no, go. We've been to Kyoto before. We know how to get there. It's pretty straightforward. I'll just ring you when I'm there. They were like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, there's no point waiting around for us to you lot go. So my friend and I, we stayed behind, got ready, packing our stuff ready to go. My friend couldn't find his rail pass that you need to ride the bullet trains. So we were searching the apartment high and low and I was like, oh God, so we're not going to be able to go to Kyoto. I still could have gone, but obviously I'm not going to leave my friend on his own. So I text one of the guys that are gone, what's his face, can't find his rail pass. So I'm not going to leave him, we're not going to be coming Kyoto. So I'll see you later this evening, we're just going to do whatever. And then he texts back, oh, I've got his rail pass. I'm not sure whether he might have given it to him to look after or something, but we knew where the rail pass was. We didn't have it. So it was like, all right, let's just go out and see where the day takes us. And we went to 
see, here's the thing. We're in Japan. Where do we go to eat breakfast? KFC. <laughs> and the street that this KFC is on has got so many different Japanese cuisines and restaurants, but we decided to go in KFC. So we had breakfast at KFC, and then we decided to go to a place called Denden Town, otherwise known as Nipponbashi, which is kind of coined as the Akibara of Osaka. Akibara is very, very well known for its made cafes, its niche shops, its electronic stores, its gaming stores, being really bright and loud. You know, it's like Otaku Central, and Osaka's equivalent of it is Denden Town. Now, we'd been to Denden Town before, or so we thought, but we didn't get to spend much time there, so my mate and I were like, should we just go there? He was like, yeah, let's go there and just chill out and look around. And so we were walking around and it was really, really hot. We went into the Adidas shop just to look around and my friend was like, I'm boiling hot. I was like, please don't tell me you're just going to buy a t-shirt in here because you're hot. We can just go back to the apartment. It was like, oh, but I'm boiling, I'm boiling. I really want to buy a t-shirt. So he found the cheapest Adidas t-shirt he could find. It was folded up and he bought it and then he got changed (laughs) in the street. And what happened when he opened it out? It's a long sleeve shirt, not a t-shirt. I was like, take it back. No, I can't be bothered. So I went and wore it. Completely defeating the object and wasting money. But there you go. So we decided to make our way to Denden Town. Because of me not being able to read a map, we got a little bit lost. I think we got off a few stops too early, but the guy at the train station was really friendly and really nice. And he said, no, you get off here, turn there, da 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 bang, you're at Denden Town. So eventually we've made our way there and we were looking around and we were like, this isn't where we came before. Are we sure this is Denden Town? And we kind of looked at each other like, well, let's just keep walking and just see where we end up. And we walked across this huge pedestrian crossing, turned onto a road and there was just this long stretch of road that went down and it was lined with electronics, games, figurine stores computer stores hardware stores and we kind of we're standing at one end of the road and then we just both said at the same time this is Denden Town that place we went to before obviously can't have been it so we walked around we had big grins on our faces because we were like we've been here and the other guys haven't even though they think they have and we were just walking in and out of different electronic stores game stores some of the game stores are really cool like one we went in was just it was like a nintendo shop it was completely ceramic white ds's everywhere we and the staff were kitted out in white it looked like a clinic i'm not sure why it reminded me of a cross between a really really clean hospital a sperm bank and a gynecology office not that i'm up on what gynecology offices look like but that's what it reminded me of but there was a Wii shop that was really cool that's where they had Tatsunoko versus Capcom running but the demo wasn't playable and then there was another retro video game shop where the entire floor was covered in cut out games articles from video games magazines which I thought was really cool obviously the floor is made out of paper when people are walking on paper, it tends to tear and look tatty. So the floor did look a little shitty, but it was kind of cool shitty. And that was a really cool shop. And there was lots of electronic stores. 
and we went in different figurine stores taking pictures of stuff that we weren't really allowed to but as we were walking around I was kind of like are you are you seeing what I'm seeing there's like pawn shops every five shops on both sides of the road and he was like yeah and I just went sod it let's just go in one I just wanted to see what it was like I thought hey I'm in Japan you know I've got no tyres I shouldn't feel guilty I mean these shops are just there clear as day like like a supermarket we might as well just go in and I mean the first shop we went in it wasn't subtle there was a huge like 50 inch HD TV which had a DVD playing of a girl sucking a lollipop in a bikini skipping in slow motion with huge breasts so I thought well subtlety's gone straight out of the window so let's just roll in here like it's a supermarket and roll in there we did and I've never actually been to a pawn shop in the UK before I've not been in a pawn shop full stop before so it was relatively new to me and it's everything's very anonymous very very anonymous like at the cash out there's just this curtain and all you can see is a pair of hands and also surprisingly you have shopping baskets as well so clearly you've got some Japanese guys rolling up in there wanting to buy in bulk and obviously with it being Japan you got porn on blu-ray as well <laughs> <laughs> which which is quite handy you could imagine dvd quality is not enough you know porn has to step up as well hd bonus features dual layer well hey so yeah you get porn in the blu-ray as well don't get it twisted japan stays ahead of the trends and my friend and i were just walking around and some of these covers i mean japan has some pretty specialist porn i'm telling you that now it was like what's this what's this what's this and just when we thought we'd seen it all we turn a corner and there'd be another dvd of some ridiculous nastiness that you just would not ever think of and we went in quite a few pawn shops actually it it was i think it was kind of it was fun because it was like can you actually believe this and can you actually believe we're walking around a pawn shop like it's nothing and there were other guys in there and we were walking in and out and I didn't feel weird I didn't feel like I was being judged it just felt like you was walking into any other shop which I think is quite cool because I know there's quite well not quite there's a huge stigma attached to just buying porn in general but that just doesn't seem to exist in Japan at least not from what I saw and there are pictures of me and my friend in the porn shops who are posing with the DVDs we're taking pictures we weren't supposed to I actually think one guy followed us out of a shop but I kind of started speed walking and nipped into another shop before he could kind of get too close to us. But we took lots of pictures of one another in the shops holding DVDs and stuff. I'm not going to post them pictures, but they do exist. And um, it was just really quite surreal, but it was kind of cool. But there was one really disturbing thing that my friend and I came across when we went into one of these pawn shops. And that was that there were DVDs in there of children, which... It, it my friend found it more disturbing because he's got brothers and sisters who are around the age of the kids that were on this particular DVD that I saw but um I mean obviously when you're in a pawn shop a DVD with a bunch of kids on the front is going to stand out and I was picking up one DVD and was look I kind of said to my friend look at this and it was like this school teacher with her legs open and I think she might have had a book in her vagina or something it was something huge and rectangular and then I put it back and then I kind of looked up and at my eye level, I saw a DVD with a bunch of kids on it and I thought, that can't be right. That clearly is from like the Disney store and someone's just 
put it here by mistake. And I kind of picked it up and I looked on the back and this DVD was pretty much a bunch of kids and they're playing in the playground, but the guy filming it is filming them from really obscene angles. Like there's one, there was a girl hanging on the monkey bars and the camera's looking right up her skirt. And bearing in mind, this girl's like eight years old. Pictures of little boys doing roly-polies in the sand and the camera's focused on their asses. And I kind of showed it to my friend and he looked at it like he wanted to punch someone. And he it made him angry because, like I said, he's got brothers and sisters that are that age. And I just couldn't believe it. I took pictures of it. I may actually do a bit of a post on it on my blog because I was just in shock. So I think that was actually the last pawn shop we went in because that kind of just put a downer on it. It was like, I really don't want to see anymore. That's kind of killed the fun. I mean, it was interesting. It was definitely an eye-opener. It was kind of like a stark wake-up call and a reminder that that kind of thing actually exists in the world. And I can't see what the attraction is. It disgusted me to see that in the shop. It really did. And I'm the kind of person that can usually make a joke out of anything but you can't really make a joke out of that those children that were on that dvd cover and in the film that's that's somebody's child they're somebody's children i just think that's disgusting but um aside from that to kind of not end this story on a downer the pawn shops in japan are really fun i know that sounds weird but it is really really fun I mean, just it's just the whole vibe you get when you walk into one of those shops. It's like walking into any store. It's like walking into HMV. You know, there were other guys in there walking around and it was like, it was nothing. You know, you don't feel jaded when you walk in. You don't feel ashamed when you walk out. No one cares. I'm not sure how these stores are able to just be in clear view in broad daylight and have clear displays in their main windows and shop fronts which have girls with big breasts titties out you know not censored i have no idea japan clearly has a different set of regulations and rules when it comes to shops and stuff like that but it is really fun my friend and i had a right laugh just we were like little school kids we were just oh god bad choice of words school kids we were like little kids just giggling like taking pictures that we shouldn't and being naughty so um this was actually a really fun day out i'm mainly because it wasn't a day that we planned even now, when my friends and I talk about it, me and this particular friend of mine who had this day out, it's kind of like, it's like a personal thing that only we share that no one else knows about. They only know what we've told them kind of thing. They didn't get to experience it like we did. And we can kind of turn around and be like, ha ha, we went to Denden Town and you didn't. And it was good. So that's really, really cool. And... um I think from that day onwards, I decided to kind of have a really random approach to my time in Japan, to not plan anything, to kind of just see where the day takes you, because those days are always best. And I think the other time that my friends and I decided to do that was when we ended up in the Irish pub and one of my friends got absolutely drunk. You'll have to check out another podcast for that whole story. I do do go into detail with that one. But um, yeah, the Chugokujin and the Gaijin's day out was a lot of fun real fun and even now I look back on the pictures and just have really good memories of that day because it was a really fun day music is a huge love of mine which you probably would have guessed (laughs) from some of the special songs I sing you 
in each and every one of my podcasts but I figured I should share more of my kind of music loves with you I mean it makes sense music is such a huge part of my life and um, in previous podcasts I've played you pieces of music from video games that I really like but in this podcast I'm going to do something a little different and I'm going to play you a song from an artist who I love and this artist is one I mentioned earlier and one who I regret I'm not going to be able to see because of ticket webs cock up and that is Hikaru Utada. She is, if you don't know, she's one of Japan's biggest artists. Broke records with her debut, sold over 10 million copies of her debut album. She's bilingual. She's released three English language albums to date. She's mega successful. And this song I'm going to share with you is taken from her fourth studio album titled Ultra Blue. And I remember the very, very first time I heard this song, it just, it resonated with me on some level that I don't even understand, especially given that I didn't know what the song was about at the time. I didn't understand what was being sung. I mean, this is one of the brilliant things about music in general, even when it's being sung in a completely different language, it's still universal. And this song really did touch me in a really cool way. I first heard it at a time when I was... I can't quite describe what I was going through at the time. I just kind of was going through a period where I just needed to disconnect from people. You know, I kind of felt like lots of different people and different facets of my life, whether it was my job and uni and friends and family and people who I didn't even know, I kind of felt like I was being pulled in different directions and that I needed to just disconnect from people and just kind of have time to just focus on nothing but me rather than all these other people that were kind of in my atmosphere at the time and when I first heard this song everything seemed to click everything made sense and it kind of enabled me to just deal with everything in a way that I wasn't able to leading up to the moment I heard this song and so aside from it being a brilliant song or what I think is an amazing song it holds some weight to me because whenever I hear this song, I'm kind of reminded of that time and how this song just helped everything click in my head. I'm not sure how, but that's the power of music. And so this is probably one of my favourite Hikaru Utada songs. And I think it's a real shame it didn't get an actual physical release as a single. I think it was only made available via iTunes. The album this song is taken from is titled Ultra Blue, which is available now. You can import the album, but you can actually download this album via iTunes. So if you do like what you hear, be sure to cop the album. It's a really, really good album. It's not an album I got into until years after I bought it. So um, I hope you like it. And this song is Hikaru Utada's This Is Love. Now play on Random J Radio Radio. Hikaru Utada, this is love, this is love, this is love, this is love.
I still cannot believe that we're pretty much at the end of 2009. It's time is just flying by way too fast and I don't like it because I'm much more aware of the fact that time's ticking by more than I was say 10 years ago. It's horrible. But it is almost Christmas. I'm kind of at that point now where the only thing I look forward to Christmas is really the food because I do love my food and I love a good roast and I love turkey. I'm a bit of a turkey fiend. I think I'm the only person in my family that is because some of my, quite a few members of my family hate turkey and they prefer to have either chicken or duck. I'm not a huge fan of duck. Duck does taste nice, but it can be really bland and I kind of feel like I'm chewing on it for ages when I eat it. I don't know if it's just me or perhaps... I was just unfortunate to eat some seriously chewy duck, but that's what I found. Even though we're not at the end of the year yet, I'm kind of going to ask you lot to do something. I want every single one of you listening to this to kind of think about what you'd want from 2010. Sometimes we get so complacent and caught up in nonsensical nonsense that we kind of forget that life is passing us by and we do need to make decisions and try to get on that path to where we want to be and I know in 2009 I got sidetracked things didn't go the way I wanted them to and whatever plan I thought I had it just didn't work out and I'm really hoping that 2010 is the year where things happen where I start to see the picture forming I've kind of have I have a picture in my mind of how I want things to be and my canvas is blank at the moment and I'm hoping that 2010 is the year where I start to put some colour onto that so I want you I'm going to do that and I want you to do the same think about what you want from 2010 from now and all the things you can do to get closer to whatever dreams and aspirations that you have because none of us are getting any younger and I'm very fortunate that I'm at a point in my life where I can make decisions like decide to go off and live in Japan or decide to just quit a job (laughs) and um, I'm going to take advantage of that in 2010 and I want you listeners out there to do the same think about what you want from 2010 whether it's something big or something small even if it's something small like I want to get out of my overdraft or I want to get a new job or I want a new car or I'm going to open up a bank account whatever you know just set yourself something that you can achieve in 2010 so that 2010 is a memorable year and it's a year you can look back on and say yeah that's the year I did this that's the year where I did something really productive so I'm going to leave you with that thought think about what you want from 2010 I will catch you all in podcast number 21 so I won't wish you a Merry Christmas just yet But think about what I said about wanting stuff from 2010. Now is the time to start making some decisions and making stuff happen and trying to get onto the path of that life that we want and we deserve. So on that note, I will love you and leave you and I will catch you all in the Random Rambles of J number 21. So I bid you all a farewell. Take care. Bye-bye.